If you got your Bible this morning, we're going to take up, we're going to take up, we're going to have communion here together as a church here in just a few minutes. But I want to give you some scriptures this morning uh, about communion, but not just about communion, about the night that this is going down. That, that Jesus, uh, if you uh, if you know, uh, John the Baptist baptized Jesus and then for three years he celebrated Passover with his disciples. But this is the last Passover that he's going to to celebrate with his disciples the next morning after this event they're going to hang him on a cross he's going to be he's he's going to die and this is his last opportunity with his disciples i could teach for three hours and i've got about 30 minutes to 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 go over these few scriptures with you but if you've got your bible in mark the 14th chapter starting in verse 12 we're going to talk a little bit about this night because there's two events that are happening the same night one event is they're celebrating Passover. The other event is Jesus is instituting the Lord's uh, uh, taking of his body or communion. So I want to talk about both events just for a few minutes this morning. In verse 12 of Mark chapter 14, it says, On the first day of unleavened bread, when they killed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, Where do you want us to go so that we can prepare that you may eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, this is actually Peter and John that he talks to, he says, go into a city and you're going to see a man carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him. Now why this is unusual is the men didn't carry the water back then. Only women did. In fact, if you, if you remember Jesus talking to the woman at the well, the women would go draw the water, carry the water. All the men should say amen to that. Uh, if the, the, They would go get the water so jesus said you're going to see a man carrying water he's probably going to look embarrassed and you're going to know follow that man because he's the only one that's carrying the water and he says wherever he goes in say to the master of the house the master says where is the guest room in which i may eat the passover with my disciples and then he will show you a large upper room and it will be furnished it will be prepared there make ready for us so the disciples went out and came into the city and found it just as he had said to them and they prepared the Passover so you can see what's going on here he says go and you're going to see a man carrying water and say to the master or the head of that house that the master wants to use your house for the Passover what what a privilege to have the king of kings and the lord of lords coming to this man's house to share in the final Passover but their instructions are to go and get prepared and once you go to the house there were preparations that had had to be made for the Passover. If you don't know what the Passover is, uh, some of you may not understand exactly what it is. In the Old Testament, we know, and, and a lot of you are familiar with this story, Moses was, was given the task by God to go to Pharaoh and go to Pharaoh and say, Pharaoh, God's people have been in bondage to you for 400 years, but it's time now for you to let God's people go. And of course, the Bible says that Pharaoh hardened his heart and he 
said, I'm not letting them go. They're my slaves. I really appreciate everything. They're building of mine here. Everything looks great. I'm not interested in their leaving. But nine plagues come and go, and his heart is still hard, and he, hard, and he says, I'm not going to let them go. But then God told Moses, he says, uh, the, the final plague is going to change his mind. The death angel is going to come through the camp, and, and every first or oldest born male is going to die. Every oldest boy, male animal is going to die, and every boy, oldest male human is going to die. And, and but, but I've made provisions for you. So he tells him, he says, take a hyssop branch. Now, a hyssop tree was a small tree in that part of the world. The Bible says of Solomon's, uh, his wisdom, that it was from the cedars of Lebanon all the way down to the hyssop. That, that Solomon's uh, range of wisdom was wide ranging. And God told him, he said, you're going to take a hyssop branch. The other thing that's interesting about the hyssop is that it is a water holding plant. In other words, if you broke it open, water would come out of it. And I'll tell you a little bit why that's significant. But he says, you're going to take a lamb. And that lamb has to be without spot and without blemish. In fact, you're going to watch that lamb for four days and make sure that there's nothing wrong with it, that its legs work, that there's no blemishes on it. Then you're going to take that lamb. You're going to kill that lamb. You're going to dip the hyssop into the blood. And you're going to put it on the side of that house. You're going to put it on the top of the side of the door going into the house, the top of the door, and then this side. Don't don't get any blood right here because uh, you can't step on the blood. The, the, the Bible says it can't be trampled underfoot. So actually, they absolutely did that. They took the hyssop. They took this perfect spotless lamb. They dipped it in the blood, and then they spread across here across the threshold or the the opening of the home most of you know this and then they go into the house they close the door and then the death angel comes through and every person that's in that house under that blood then they are supernaturally divinely protected they can't see the blood on the outside of their house because the door is closed but they have faith in the blood of that lamb even though they can't see it but God gave them a warning he says even if my people my covenant people if they decide to get out from up under the blood to go outside because of curiosity or if they don't believe even though they are my chosen people if they get out from up under the blood they're going to suffer the same consequences of the Egyptians it's important and valuable for you and I to understand the protection of the blood of Jesus and even though you can't see it if you get under it and you have faith in it then it has an ability to to, we've all put our faith in it to get us to heaven. Here in the Old Testament, they got under this blood. The death angel comes through. And, of course, most of you know the story. That, that of course, they're saved. And then Pharaoh says, all right, I'm letting you go. But then Pharaoh chases them, and they're washed away into the Red Sea. But God told him, he said, from now on, this is going to be a celebration or a party that you're going to keep. Every year, you're going to celebrate Passover and, and if you can imagine whenever Jesus is here they're, they're about to have this celebration they say that two to three million people would come into Jerusalem just for Passover some of them it would take them weeks of riding on donkeys and camels but once a year they descend upon this city 
thousands and thousands and thousands of these people if you could just rise up above Jerusalem the week of Passover and see literally millions of people coming into this city for this event and it's a celebration of blood they all have lambs spotless lambs that they've watched for four days to make sure that there's no blemish in them and then at three o'clock 250,000 they estimate for these three million people at three o'clock in the afternoon at the same time all of them begin to kill these lambs if you could just hear that city it would be like a beehive all of these people's grannies aunts uncles cousins third cousins crazy mike uncle jim all these people are coming into this city for once a year this event they've all got their lambs you can imagine just the hub of bass and then all of a sudden at three o'clock the bass go silent it's like no more bass i mean and then they go outside and they crank up the kingsford all of these 250 lambs are roasted at the same time last night i went jogging just because i ate a pie uh what, what day did I eat the pie? I've been doing so good, y'all. I've been on a diet. I've been doing so good. But her mother made a pie, and if that stuff comes in the house, it's gone. Uh, I do best if it's not in the house, so please don't give me nothing like that. Uh, but anyway, I, ba- I ate a pie, the whole pie, the whole stinking pie in one setting. It was awesome. <laughs> it was delicious. <laughs> she couldn't believe it. I said, babe, I woke up the next morning, and I said, I was naughty last night. And she goes, Naughty, that's not a good word. I was like, I ate a pie. And she says, you ate that whole pie? I said, yeah, baby, I ate that whole pie. I've been, it had been in the fridge like four days, and I've been just like resisting that devil. Just get behind me, Satan. But finally, man, that pie just, whoo. So anyway, so I went jogging yesterday, and as I'm jogging, there were people outside. Just one barbecue pit was smoking, and you could smell, and it was like, man, that just smelled great. But as I was jogging, I just realized that Houston has three million people in it. If everybody in Houston at three Three o'clock in the afternoon, each started killing their animals and started roasting. That whole city would smell of roasted lamb. That's what it was absolutely like. And it's the head of the household's responsibility. Jesus said, you go find that master. He's the head of his household. In the Jewish tradition, it's the head. Uh, come on. Uh, it, there's something about being the head of the household. I know in 2013, to lead your family and to lead your job and your city uh, it can kind of get thrown to the side but back then if you were the head of your household it was your responsibility to get your house ready for Passover and the first thing that they would do is they would light a candle and they would go and search that house for leaven that, that there was not to be any leaven within the house well what is leaven leaven is what makes bread rise and God says you can't have any leaven in the house during Passover because whenever I told you to get out of Egypt you, you didn't have time for the bread to rise. Whenever I told you to move, you had to move. So the head of the household, step one for Passover, is he takes a candle and he goes around and searches the house for leaven. And we know that leaven represents sin, that before they could, could partake of the communion or the eating of this lamb, the head of the household, it was his responsibility to get the sin out of his house, to lead his kids and help them in cleanliness 
cleansing their heart and cleansing their life. That's what he was supposed to do. I was telling Elizabeth yesterday that we have Jewish people that live in Lake Charles. And they just did this uh, on Passover. That they're actually, Passover is the first month of their year. And they're doing this. That actually family members will go around and they'll hide leaven in the house. And the head of the household goes around and it's like a game. They still do this. And that this master, he did this for his house. The second thing, once all the leaven is out of the house, they had to prepare the bitter herbs. God says, I want you to eat bitter herbs on Passover because that represents the time that you were in slavery to Israel and times were rough and things were hard and I want you to eat these bitter herbs. But he said, I want you to make a charosif, which all that is is like barbecue sauce. They would take vinegar and, and almonds and dates and figs and raisins and they would mush it all up together and they would make a sauce and they would dip those bitter herbs in that sauce because they know what we all know is if if you make a good enough sauce you can put it on anything you put on tree bark it don't matter if the sauce is right it's good like my my kids they don't like food we just ketchup bam we're good to go right i mean i don't like broccoli now they eat it up if the sauce is right they don't care me i'm a mayonnaise guy that's what I like, and I have, to have the, I have to have certain mayonnaise. I don't eat just any kind. I don't do food club mayonnaise, stuff like that. Uh, I'm a blue plate man. Blue plate, you take it open, and they've got that foil on top of it, and you crack that foil, and it's like, and it's just like heaven. It's just like white liquid Jesus. It's delicious. Oh, my gosh. I'm a blue plate man, so I would ask Jesus, Jesus, can we have some barbecue and some blue plate? That's what I want. So, But the head of the household, he gets the leaven out. He gets the bread right. He makes this sauce together. And then the head of the house, the master of the house, they, he sits his family down. And he begins to explain the Passover to his children. And he's teaching them that whenever God brought us out of Egypt, things, uh, things got better for us. We were in bondage. We were in slavery. And then he would present the cup or the fruit of the vine to his family. And then he would get out the earth. And he would get out the chars at the dip, uh, the dip. And after they ate that appetizer, they would read Psalms 113 and 114. And I want to read that with you right now. The reason I'm going over this is sometimes we think of communion just as Jesus breaking bread and breaking wine. Before he ever broke any of that, he did this with his disciples because he's showing them you, you have to understand the old in order to appreciate the new. So they would read Psalms 113 and 114. So I want to read this with you this morning before we take communion. They would actually sing Psalms 113 and 114. I'm not going to attempt to sing it this morning just for y'all's sanity and my reputation. Psalms 113, it says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Can't you just see Jesus and his disciples sitting around eating the bitter herbs and singing this to God, declaring this? All over that city, three million people are lifting their voice to God at the same time eating spotless lambs and bitter herbs, singing this to God. Praise servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. 
Blessed be the name of the Lord for the time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the going down, the Lord's name is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God who dwells on high? He humbles himself. Jesus is singing this about himself, and they don't even understand it. They're just doing the same thing they've done for 40 years. They're having a Passover, but Jesus is singing of himself. I'm humbling myself. Behold the things that are in heaven and the earth. He raises the poor out of the dust. He lifts the needy out of the ash heap that he may seat him with princes, with the princes of his people. He grants the barren woman a home like a joyful mother of children. Praise the Lord. And then they would sing verse uh, Psalms 114. When Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of strange language, Judah became his sanctuary and Israel his dominion. The sea saw it and fled. Talking about parting the Red Sea. Jordan turned back. The mountains skipped like rams. The little hills like lambs. What ails you, O sea, that you fled from our God? O Jordan, that you turned back? O mountains, that you skipped like rams? O little hills like lambs? Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord. At the presence at the God of Jacob. He turned the rock Jesus into a pool of water the flint into fountains of water so after they ate the bitter herbs and they ate the charles they would sing these songs of deliverance and worship and, and the, you got to understand the blood has been spilled and they're, they're, they're celebrating that blood that brought them out but they're also looking forward to one day there's going to be a lamb that's going to be slain and he's going to take away the sins of the world so after they, they sang those two then they got out the lamb and the head of the household he would start taking that lamb apart and giving it to his family but there's only three quarters of the lamb they wouldn't eat one quarter of the lamb they would cut out the right breast and they would cut off the right arm and they would leave that with the priest and the reason they did that is they said God I'm giving you my heart and I'm giving you my strength I'll eat the other three quarters of the lamb but my heart and my strength is with you you're the one that has my heart you're the one that has my strength I won't eat that that's yours but the rest of the lamb they would break it out and they would feed it to their families and they believed that as they were eating that lamb that God was coming on the inside of them and that they were becoming one with God that God was coming in them and that, that they were going into God because they let God keep their heart and their arm so there's this union that they see happening in the spirit that they feel like that's what's happening but they don't really understand that as Jesus is handing Handing out them the lamb that, that he's actually that this is the moment when he's about to break bread for the last time and say no longer are you looking forward or waiting for the opportunity that God lives in you but this is it baby it's about to happen for the first time in humanity God is not just going to be with you he's actually going to live in you and whenever he gives them his blood and gives them that bread the thing that they've been waiting for this is it so after they eat the bread and after they eat uh, the lamb 
Then they read Psalms 115 through 118. And Psalms 113 through 118 is called the Hallel. And that's where we say the word hallelujah, which just means praise to the Lord. There's no way I could read Psalms 115, 116, 117, and 118. I just can't and get through communion this morning. But I want to read just uh, Psalms Man, I want to read all of it because it's good. And I can just see these people singing. And I bet they did different types of song. I think some of them were rapping. And some of them are doing hymnals. And some of them are doing folk. And some of them are doing bluegrass. Because you got three million people. And not everybody likes the same music. And some of them, I'm sure, are just doing it funky. And some of them are doing it classical. Uh, but they're singing Psalms 115, 116, 117, 118. And 115 just sounds like a rap. I just got to sing it. I just got I tell you, I'm not going to wrap it, Lord Jesus, help us all. But verse, verse 1 of Psalms 115, it says, Not unto us, Lord, not unto us, but to your name give glory, because of your mercy, because of your truth. Why should the Gentiles say, so where is their God? Our God is in heaven, and he does whatever he pleases. Don't that just sound like a rap? Just like, stick your nose, like it's just, just like, our God does whatever he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold. Their work of men's hands, they have mouths but they do not speak. They have eyes, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. They have noses, but they do not smell. They have hands, but they do not handle. They have feet, but they do not walk, nor do they mutter through their throat. Those who make them are like them. So is everyone who trusts in the Lord. And then he goes down. Oh, gosh, I wish I could read all of it, but I can't. Uh, I'll skip over to Psalms 117. Some of you, this, this could be your new favorite chapter in the Bible, and you can impress all your friends friends and tell them you read a chapter a day because it's only two verses <laughs> praise the lord all you gentiles laud him don't you like that laud i laud you laud him all you peoples Law just means praise for his merciful kindness is great towards us and the truth of the Lord endures forever praise the Lord I'm not going to get to read all of them but man if you get a chance this week I would read the Hallel and just see three million people partaking of the lamb and the bitter herbs and the bread and lifting up their voice and worshiping God and the head of the household taking his place and leading those around him in this now back to mark because they just finished this it doesn't give a great description of all this going on but jesus they've had the bitter herbs they've had the dip they've had the bread they've had the lamb and now he's about to institute communion the the symbol for egypt was the serpent the symbol, their, their national symbol was the serpent. That was the Egyptian uh, that was their insignia. So whenever, whenever Jesus uh, brought them out, the lamb was defeating the serpent. The hyssop was the water in the blood that was applied to that home. And we know that whenever Jesus was stabbed in the side, that the Bible says that blood and water ran down from him. In order to come into God's presence in the Old Testament, you had to wash at the laver and you had to throw blood on the altar. We know that, that Jesus was a spotless lamb. They kept him for four days inspecting him to see if anything was wrong with him, but they could find no fault 
in him. The Passover lamb, none of his bones could be broken. And if you remember Jesus hanging on the cross, they went to break his ankle bones to see if he was dead. But no, no, no. Prophecy has to be fulfilled. They shut that down and instead they stabbed him in between these ribs so that no bones were broken. Our lamb, our king, the next morning after this takes place, he absolutely, he becomes the lamb of God, the king of kings that takes away the sin of the world. Mark chapter 14, I left off at verse 15. Verse 16 says, So his disciples went out, came into the city, and they found it just as he had said. They prepared the Passover in the evening. He came with the twelve. But as they sat and ate, Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, one of you who eats with me will betray me. And they began to be sorrowful and said to him, Is it I that's going to betray you? Is it I? And he said, It is the one of the twelve who dips with me in the dish. What are they dipping? They're dipping into that charleston, into that sauce. And he says, The Son of Man indeed goes as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for him that that man had never been born. What's he doing here? He's given Judas the same opportunity he gave Pharaoh. This is your chance to get it right. This is your chance. He's given Judas an opportunity not to go to hell, not to sell him out. But of course, we know Judas, he didn't listen. Verse 22, it says, And as they were eating, now Jesus, he takes bread, he blesses it, he breaks it, and he gives it to them and he says take eat this this is my body and then he took the cup and when he had given thanks he gave it to them and they all drank from it and he said to them this is the blood of the new covenant which is shed for many assuredly I say to you that I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God and when they had sung a hymn What's that hymn? Psalms 118. And we're going to try and get to it here in just a second. That They read, they, they sung Psalms 118. And then he leaves, he actually washes their feet. Then he goes out of that place and they hang him on the cross after the Garden of Gethsemane. If you've got your, most of you, uh, there's a cup sitting there beside you. Inside that cup is uh, a communion cup. We're going to take communion together and I'm going to, uh, you're going to notice Jesus said that he gave thanks. He says he took the bread, he gave thanks for it. He took the blood, he gave thanks for it. Thanks is such an integral part of communion, uh, the giving of thanks, thanking God. Does anybody not have one? We have more up here. Does, y'all don't have one, Jimison's? All right, Josh, y'all don't have some? Here, bring these. Bring them up there to them. Y'all are all highly intelligent, specialized individuals. But if you don't know what's going on, the top little cellophane tears off. That's going to expose the bread. And then after that, you'll take the bottom part off, and that's going to expose the juice. Uh, Before... Uh, before we take communion, I'm just going to give all of us an opportunity, myself included, to get the leaven out. That it's our responsibility as our own heads of our own households just to 
uh, cleanse our hearts and just to come before the Lord humbly and just say, God, if there's anything in me that, that I have not uh, done or that I missed it, God, I ask you to forgive me. If you've never been saved, and let, let me say this, if you don't want to take communion, you don't have to. This is not some weird forced thing. I just wanted to do it together uh, as a church, that I wanted to look at the Lamb in the Old Testament, the blood in the Old Testament, and then also our new King, that He uh, he gave it all for us, and we can celebrate, partake of it together. So I'm going to pray uh, just a prayer of repentance this morning, and then you can just agree with me, amen, and then uh, we're going we're gonna to take the bread together. Uh, let's pray together. Thank you, Father God, for uh, the opportunity to come before you as a church family. Father God, we recognize the importance of the old, that for thousands uh, uh, or hundreds of years that, that people were looking forward for the opportunity, that they would search their homes trying to to get the leaven out before they ate the Passover meal. So we as a church this morning, we just say, uh, create in us a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within us. You said, who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? But he that has clean hands and and, and a, a right spirit. So I thank you, Lord, right now that we just ask you to cleanse us by the blood of the Lamb. That we Anything that we were supposed to do uh, that we didn't do, maybe we were supposed to invite somebody or reach out to somebody or give somebody something and we didn't do it father god we just repent ask you to cleanse us from all unrighteousness any unforgiveness that we have i thank you lord that we lay it down anything in my own heart my own family words that i shouldn't have spoken i thank you lord that right now i get the leaven out i just thank you so much for your goodness for who you are in us praise god in jesus name amen if you'll go ahead and get the bread ready i'm gonna uh Thank the Lord for, for the bread, and then we'll take it together. We'll break it together. No, I got it. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for your body. The Bible says that you were bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement or the payment of our peace was upon you, and by your stripes we were healed. I thank you, Lord, that your body was so broken and deformed by the sins of the world and by every sickness and every manner of disease that you weren't even recognizable as a man. But I thank you, Lord, that you were, that that you're the son of man and you came away, that your body was broken and torn so that the veil in the temple could be torn. I thank you, Lord, for your body this morning. You may take the bread. Lord, we thank you this morning for the blood, neither by the blood of a goat or a calf, but by your own blood. You entered once into the holy place and you obtained eternal redemption for us. I thank you, Lord, that we see ourselves under the blood, that that we position ourselves under the blood of Jesus. What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Thank you for your blood that was given for us. You may take the cup. Glory to God. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. In the Old Testament, the hyssop, water and blood was used to apply the blood. In the New Testament, the hyssop of our tongue, that that the tongue is a small, tiny member, but it controls the direction of our life. With our tongue in the New Testament, we apply the blood over our homes, over our, over our families. We apply it. I want to read just a few verses in Psalms 118, and then I'm going to bless you and let you go enjoy Easter. 
and uh, do your egg hunts or do whatever you're going to do. Do your crawfish. But, but I just want to just these last few verses. Because uh, sometimes communion can be like a funeral, but I can tell you it's not a funeral. It's, it's like a celebration. Passover was a huge celebration. They were, they were extremely glad about the blood that was given for them. And they rejoiced. It was a celebration of blood. How much more should we celebrate in 2013 our, our risen King? How much more should we be exceedingly glad glad and thankful and go out of this place and not be sour but people actually gravitate towards us because we're forever eternally redeemed psalms 118 verse 15 after right after jesus breaks the bread and breaks the wine it says y'all read it with me that they sung a hymn what did they sing they sang the last uh, 118, the last of the Hallel, and I don't have time to read all of it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna read from verses 15 on. It says, "The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous." Come on, we got something to rejoice in our salvation. That our tents, we're righteous. The right hand of God does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. Can't you see Jesus singing? this he says i shall not die but live and i will declare the works of the lord the lord has chastened me severely but he has not given me over to death open to me the gates of righteousness and i will go through them and i will praise the lord this is the gate of the lord or he's saying i'm the gate of the lord through which the righteous shall enter i will praise you for you have answered me and you have become my salvation he's speaking of himself he says the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and this was the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes this is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it come on we say that we say that all the time flippantly without ever understanding that on this day he makes this declaration the day that you've been waiting for for hundreds of years this is the day that the lord has made we rejoice and we are glad in it save now i pray O lord oh oh lord i pray send now prosperity blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord we have blessed you from the house of the lord god is the lord and he has given us light bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar he's singing this of himself knowing that in about five hours he's going to walk out of this upper room and they're going to bind him the sacrifice to the altar which is the cross and his blood is going to be put on the threshold of that cross and for centuries throughout all of the eons of time in order for us to walk through that gate of righteousness we'll have to come through that cross under the blood and the water that ran down it and we can enter in through him he says bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar you are my god and i will praise you can't you just see him he's about to die and he says but i will yet praise you you are my god and i will exalt you oh give thanks to the lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever he leaves that place he goes into the garden. He falls down. He says, God, if there's any other way for this to go down, please let this cup 
pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And then, of course, he hears the soldiers coming. They take him. But praise God, that's not the end. He's not on the cross. He's not dead. He is alive. He's alive forevermore. Praise God. If you stand up with me, I'm just going to bless you and uh, let you go this morning. Thank God for his goodness and how awesome he is.